Hi guys, Sean and Miriam here and welcome to That Staff Room Podcast. Every other week we will be chatting about all things school related, from school dinners to Ofsted ratings. Join us in the conversation as we delve into the life of a teacher, the good, the bad and the downright hilarious. Now, lesson is in session. Welcome back. It is episode three. How are we doing, Miriam? Ooh, I'm very good. Thank you, Sean. How are you? Excellent. <laughs> Having a lovely weekend just before we send this one off for a Monday morning release. Mm-hmm. Just want to say big shout out to everybody who's got through these last couple of weeks. Um, and this episode is one for all of you that I might be dealing with behavior. Mm, yep that's right so some of these things can start rearing their ugly heads at Mm. these points in time so this one is definitely for all those teachers who maybe are starting to find the shine has worn off slightly from the newness and maybe some of our students are showing their true colors so this one's definitely for you I just want to put a disclaimer out there. Some of the behavior that I reference from my childhood, um, (laughs) let's just say I'm just using this as an example of what can happen when expectations are super low. I do not condone any of this behavior and (laughs) would never dream of doing it in my adult life. He's not that person anymore, guys. Don't worry. He's a changed man. (laughs) And if somehow a student of mine listens to this and thinks that I'm going to uh, allow them to lower themselves to that, (laughs) then think again. Think again, because I care about you guys. (laughs) So yeah, this episode is for all teachers out there. We're well and truly into the autumn term. This is behaviour management. Hope you guys enjoy. So this episode is all about behaviour and um, it's fair to say that the honeymoon period is now over with the students coming back. (laughs) Well and truly over, (laughs) should we say. But I want to take us back. I want to take us back to when we were at school. Mm. What were your memories of behavior at school how were you as a child miriam the perfect child (laughs) real for real an angel well look at me can't you tell um okay how was i as a child i was i was quite good really um so i grew up i'm i'm from wales you you would not be able to tell at all by my accent but if I'm talking to my mum, then I have a Welsh accent, see, so then you can hear it come through slowly by slowly. But um, It just sounds like you're putting it, on an it accent. It didn't even make sense, <laughs> did it? Um, I can't even speak Welsh. To all our Welsh listeners. But anyway, um, so I, when I went to secondary school, obviously, like Welsh, but moving to a Bristol secondary school, um, that was like a little bit tricky because kids kids can be unkind (laughs) students can be unkind and so I would like say certain words with a certain accent and students would be really rude to me my peers would be quite rude and you know you get called the names sheep you know so and so forth use your imagination um anyway I used to get really frustrated by this because I'd just be like the Bristolian accent no offence, but where is it going? Like, it's not much better, is it, really? Do you know what I'm saying? So it used to really frustrate me that these kids were mocking my accent. 
anyway, um, one time I got really frustrated about it. And there was this one boy who used to do it all the time to me. And I just ran across the playground. I can remember it so vividly. And I just ran full force at this boy and pushed him to the ground. And he flew like across, went to the ground. And then we fought like proper fight. And like, I've got brothers, so I'm more than happy to have a scrap. And so we proper fought. And so like one of those where all the other students are like around, fight, 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 you know, that kind of situation. And I remember it really, really vividly. And then there was other times where um, some other other boys weren't very kind to me. Uh, Again, mainly because of my Welshness. And um, I went home and told my brother, who's about eight years older than me, and then he went round to their houses and had had a word, should we say. Um, and then that that caused problems for me in secondary school. So secondary school, primary school was really good. Like I was a really good girl. I didn't get in any, tr- any trouble at all. Secondary school, I just seemed to get into a lot of fights. Um, yeah, that wasn't great. But... Other than that, like to teachers and everything like that, I was good. I, I mean, I got kicked out of English, English um, GCSE. Um, the whole class? Yeah, I, I had to go to the library every English lesson and teach myself my GCSE and I got an A. So, you know, <laughs> well done me. <laughs> but that was just a little bit of a misunderstanding between me and my teacher. But other than that, I feel like I was... What, what did you What was, <laughs> did you misunderstand? You have to explain this. I feel like I was <laughs> pretty good student no basically he wanted us to read a book that had like a lot of swearing in it I I didn't want to read the book I wanted to read a different book and I made a big point in the class of saying how I didn't want to read that book but I wanted to read To Kill a Mockingbird which I thought was an amazing book and he found my response and I probably was quite rude in my delivery quite insolent and all the rest of it. And he said, well, you can go and teach yourself GCSE English. And I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that is crazy that that even happened. I, like, it would that... never happen now. I mean, it would never happen of course. now. But it was just like, so I didn't really have any other than that, other than a couple of fights and this English situation, I glided through school <laughs> with very little kind of behaviour, issues I was always like a bit of a chatty student so I'd get that in my report but nothing crazy I wasn't like always in detention I wasn't that student I was I was generally a good girl I was a prefect you know you had to be Mm. a decent enough student to be a prefect oh yeah and um yeah I think I was I think I was quite well behaved really other than those prefect but not perfect that's yeah thank you exactly that was me but I know that your experience with school is a little bit more um, dramatic, shall we say. So what was your experience like, <laughs> like, When I say these things out loud and like I shouldn't smile and laugh, but it is like really some of the things are so funny. But it's just imagine a school where kids are kind of just allowed to get away with anything everything and yeah and just you know the consequences are either so inconsistent or just not Mm. nothing at all really okay you know so I was like I was the small kid Mm -hmm. you know short kid didn't know anyone at school because all the kids from my primary school went to a different school okay and I didn't get into it um so I ended up going to another school that was the other end of Telford and it was um 
Yeah, as I said, it got knocked down like soon after I, I'd finished. You know, it was a failing school, all this type of thing. Three head teachers in five years. Oh, goodness me. So no consistency no. and a lot of cracks for just people to like <laughs> kind of like sink into. <laughs> Loads, and it was in a big, it had a big ground so people could just like, you know, escape yeah. and just get away. Like, so, you know, kids would smoke freely <laughs> in the playground and like... <laughs> The dinner ladies would come down and let us know when teachers were coming. Yeah, do you know, I've, that yeah. happened in my school too, you know. Mm. Like, I feel like it's it was crazy. okay to smoke when we were at school. I mean, it wasn't, but yeah. it felt like it. Well, no, of course not. But like, <laughs> you get away with it. And um, yeah, yeah, like we like we brought in boxing gloves and used to like have boxing matches in, at lunchtime <laughs> in, in the music department, funnily <laughs> enough for me. You know, they, they, you could just get away with it all. Like yeah. that was the kind of thing, like there, then there was no supervision. And I think there's a lot of like teachers knowing that it's going on, but like didn't want to be like knowing that uh, they'd be the only one dealing with yeah. it. Yeah. And and not and then just not doing it. And then you'd had a couple of teachers that were like the the like bastions of the school, you know, who like didn't let anything slip, but there was a not, there wasn't enough of them. Yeah. Um. So my kind of way to like make friends was class clown. Of course. You know, I was like top, top sets in most things and like, you know, quick, quite quick witted, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, that, that was my thing. I just, if there was a joke to be made, I'd make it. And then, you know, you're in for the first couple of years, you're in your form basically. Mm. So I was just in my form the whole time. English, math and science, all the lessons are all in your form and your form just rotates around the school. Oh, wow, okay. And then, yeah, by year nine, so you've got two years of that, I think. It might have been two or three. or I can't, I can't remember. But when you start uh, your GCSEs, you're suddenly mixed with the other half of the year and all your mixed forms. Right. And then you meet the other class clans <laughs> and then it just escalates because you're like bouncing off each other and... Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's just it got, got sent out a lot, mm-hmm. got on report, but like I can never remember a detention ever. Like I think I remember one in particular. Mm. So it's like you just do all these behaviors, you get sent out a lot. That was yeah. the kind of punishment. You get sent and you'd stand outside the door and you just pull faces at the kids inside the room <laughs> and disrupt the lesson from outside. <laughs> and there's nowhere to send you to. It was just, you know, it was kind of, or you'd, you'd be sent to an unsupervised room. Oh my goodness. You know, this is, yeah. With a, with potentially another student that was disruptive, you know? So it was just the, <laughs> it, it's crazy. And then like the, there was things that happened in my year group where it, like we, we used to, um, we had, I think maybe three or four maths teachers um, in year 11. This was top set maths. Mm-hmm. And you know, we just used to do stuff like we'd take, we'd plan it before. I think we had it after lunch and we'd like plan what we were going to do. We'd like take the, you know, the rag that he wiped the board with and we'd see how many students we could get it down towards the back of the class before we noticed. <laughs> and, you know, we'd like throw paper when he wasn't looking, all that kind of stuff, you know, just that simple stuff. But then one day we all decided that um, <laughs> we were... We were going oh, like, to, oh, actually, other things we used to do. We, we, every time the second hand would get to a minute, we just stood up and applauded no. and sat back down. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> just, you know, just, we'd do like Mexican wave around the class. He'd send the whole class out and then we'd just Mexican wave in a line, you know? And So anyway, we told, we just told everyone, like, no one misbehave. Just act golden, yeah. you know? 
and he was always trying different things to like encourage behavior and he's we like act golden and um but when it gets to when it gets to like this specific time unleash so we were like making paper balls and just putting them behind and then it was like you know he was just loving life that this lesson was going so well and uh yeah yeah i mean like i feel bad now as an adult you should feel awful Um, right now yeah and the but uh, yeah they got to like whatever it was half past and then it was like christmas you know it was just everywhere so like i i've seen some even crazier things than that like we had a substitute teacher for english and the english teacher was mr bell legendary teacher every kid loved him mm-hmm. like and he was really strict but just um just uh, kids respected him like so one time there was a kid that was eating sweets um and uh, <laughs> he caught him with the sweets says empty your pockets so empties his pockets and um about 10 minutes later he catches him eating sweets again he says jason come here and in front of the whole class he picked him up he turned him upside down <laughs> and he shook him so the sweets fell out of his pockets. Oh my And he goodness. said, as he was doing it, he goes, do you know what, Jason? Sweets are for sharing. And they went all over the, f- like, that was his, crazy, <laughs> crazy, right? Um, I'm, I, I'm not, like, I'm sure he won't get in trouble now because no. I bet he's like 90 odd. But um, <laughs> So he was out, right? He was out for a lesson and I got sent out of the lesson for something and the teacher was having a word with me outside the classroom and the rest of the class barricaded the door with a bookshelf and left left the 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 room through the window yeah this is like what this this is the (laughs) level of behavior like you just can't comprehend that ever happening in the modern day i mean you know that never would have that never would have been able to happen in my school. I can't lie. However, we did have a maths teacher as well, actually. I think he was a trainee. And to all the trainees out there, I'm so sorry. Because, like, this might happen to you at some point. But I feel like trainees and supplier teachers, they get the worst deal when it comes to behaviour. Oh, right? yeah. 100%. And I, just, yeah. I remember this trainee maths teacher... And he was a mature trainee as well. So he was probably in his 40s at the time, but he was he had been introduced as a student teacher, which we all found hilarious anyway, because it's like, why are you a student teacher, but in your 40s? Um, mm. And he just could not control the lesson at all. And so we used to have what we called Friday paper fight day. And we would like oh, roll yep. up paper. Classic. Like, into small pellets and put it in our biro pen. We take we take the ink out of the biro pens and then like be flicking it everywhere. And he struggled to control the class to the point where he brought a whistle to lesson. And when he blew the whistle, that's when he expected silence. Um, but wow. I would say I would I don't count that as my misbehavior. I count that as class misbehavior. So hmm. you know yeah. he would never have really picked me as being part of it but I, I was definitely enjoying paper fight fridays they were a lot of fun <laughs> yeah that's it i mean i wouldn't say i was a ringleader in all of those situations or even you know like any of them to be fair it's just it was what everybody did yeah and everyone was allowed to do it yeah that's the point you know there was no follow-up no consequence right. no my parents didn't know my parents found out on parents evening <laughs> that's it that, that's when they found out they were like what my mom stopped coming to parents' evening. She didn't come to my year 11 parents' evening. She said, I'm fed up of teachers running down 
my, no. my child. Did you yeah, did you like, ever find when it came to behavior like or behavior management that the closer you got to parents' evening, the more teachers would say, like, if you're well behaved, I'll make sure that you know I mentioned this in parents' evening, or if you're if you continue this behavior, your parents will find out at parents' evening. Like, was that ever kind of used as a bit of a a threat because I know from being a student and being a teacher um I can see slight changes in behavior just before a parent's evening and I know that I also adopted some slightly different behaviors just before a parent's evening just because you know you want that glowing report (laughs) did you find that (laughs) no because it was like it was way past that point it was like teachers couldn't wait to speak to my parents oh, wow. that's what it was like yeah and like i'd avoid trying not get it you know the 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 signed time like the time signed for them and then um <laughs> and then i remember one time it was, the, it was the maths teacher actually i think his name is mr collins and um i thought i'd find i said you know can't fit in with mr collins mom like i just can't get in time with him and as we were leaving <laughs> he just walked over as you would and just said Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Whitehead, we haven't spoken. I'm Mr. Collins, you know, come take a seat. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, you, <laughs> you got know. found out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was so bad, you know. That's funny. Very difficult. I can imagine. And you know what's interesting is you mentioned before Mr. Bell, who you said, yeah, legend yeah. of a teacher, amazing teacher. And I think from being a teacher as well, you definitely noticed the different types of teachers and and the behaviors that they experience and I remember being like an NQT and there was this teacher who worked in our school and she was just a force like amazing like the teachers were scared of this teacher <laughs> let alone the students yeah, I, and I, 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 yeah I just I, like, I just remember her just all she had to do was the stare all she had mm. to do was a step and the class would be perfect. And I just remember as an NQT thinking, one day, I hope I have that power. Because it is like the power yeah. <laughs> that you want, isn't it? <laughs> I remember like seeing teachers where, you know, maybe you're teaching and it's it's a bit lively because you're like, you know, new, new to your teaching career yeah. and a teacher, it would just go quiet. And then you realize there's a teacher stood at the door. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's, you know, someone with real power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> but, and, and it's interesting over time to see that change. Totally. Like sometimes, you know, sometimes you might become that person with mm-hmm. certain students. But what is in, even more interesting is when, like, so, so some classes might see you and you know 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 you a bit better and stop mm-hmm. their misbehavior because mm-hmm. you're there but some classes won't but it's your ability to take over that situation yeah. and deal with it effectively that gets it back and um i had a situation it was yesterday actually right um so um i, I was having someone observe me mm-hmm. that had had trouble with a beha- using some behavior strategies mm-hmm. or um and i was like come and watch me teach yeah you know and i was really nervous because i knew this 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 class 
was going to be particularly difficult. Mm-hmm. It was my first lesson with them. Yeah. Their year rates and they um, didn't, I didn't teach them last year, okay. but I know them. I know their names because I've seen them, you know, I've been sent out of lessons <laughs> and all this stuff. I knew there was going to be challenges. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it, it was on the fifth day of the first week cycle. Mm-hmm. So it was on Tuesday after we started the Wednesday before. So they'd now got, had five days of lessons and it was after lunch as well i think i think it was after okay. lunch so it was like you know that things are established now it's not that first two day yeah. honeymoon period yeah. they are now they've reacquainted friends they know the dynamic of the class you know the there's the the cracks have begin to happen the few teachers may may be off or something they they you know they've figured it out the honeymoon period is over and they were challenging they were super challenging. And it was one of those moments where I had to like take a deep breath and deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Now, by the end, by like the end of the lesson, they were perfect. Golden. Got through everything. Books away. And like, you know, leaving the class, it just silently Beautiful. putting the books in the right place. It was just, <laughs> it was perfect. But that like nervous yeah. energy although it's like coming out it's still inside right. to this moment but i just know i've got the kind of skills and experience i've been through right. this a million times i know what this looks like i can see like the kind of the five steps ahead yeah, exactly i know that. what's going to be the problem and it you do with that you do it without thinking but it was just like yesterday was like a real moment for me where i was like wow okay you know yeah when you compare yourself to someone who's new to teaching yeah. you're like it's it's a it's a lifetime almost totally. of less like learn totally. learn behaviors you know completely it's, it's it's a different gravy it's a total different gravy and I'm sure there mm. are people who've been listening to our podcast who are relatively new to teaching maybe um yeah. maybe you're an NQT or an ATT or an ITT whatever the latest TT you are and um and you're just like okay I had the honeymoon period I had just some really good lessons and now they're showing themselves and just to yeah. encourage you we've all been there i promise you <laughs> the longer you stay in the game the easier it gets but on that point sean do you remember as an nqt what it was like when you faced your first kind of behavior issues in the lesson do you remember it all yeah, so I can't remember like specific moments, mm. but I remember specific classes. Okay. And it was usually like, it's, it's usually like middle sets, you know, because mm. um, they're quite large classes, but you've got such a range of True. ability. Yeah. Um, and, and that it, it, you kind of find that like some students will finish the work early, mm-hmm. some students won't even understand the work. Yeah. And you've just, it's just like for someone that's inexperienced, it's just a recipe for disaster. And you're like plate spinning. It's like Greek plate spinning or whatever, where you're kind of like, it's Greek plate spinning or plate smashing? Uh, Either way, plates were smashed. (laughs) (laughs) Plates were smashed. Like there was just, you can't, you just don't have any concept of like, where you should stand, yeah. how you should deliver your instructions. You start to panic. You don't say things clearly so people don't understand yeah. it. And they do what my classes were doing. They'll, they find the inch and they, they turn it into a mile. Totally. And um, it's overwhelming. Yeah. That's that's the only way I can describe it. When it's you're red in the face, like you, it's just so overwhelming because the class have realized that you don't have control. Yeah. I and, and, uh, that's so it. relate to that. I can remember in my first year of teaching, 
I was given a very, very challenging class. And I'd actually worked at this school before um, I became a teacher. So I was kind of like a learning mentor and a teaching assistant and then a behavior manager. So I'd done a few different roles before I became a teacher. And then um, Mm. in my NQT, (laughs) I got given this really challenging group. And I knew them well because I'd been working in the special needs department previously and had done like a lot of one-to-one work with them. And they oh, they ran circles around me to the point where I would be in tears. Like, and you know when you just, you can't show the tears to the students. Mm. So you're just like, I'm just going to step outside just for one moment as you get on with this independent activity. And I'll step outside and be like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember one time doing that, stepping outside this class just to have a moment because I just was, I was going to lose it. I was ill. I remember I was, I had like a cold or a flu or something and, and they were just, they were pushing every button that I had. And um, I didn't know what to do. I felt so ill-equipped and I just, I burst into tears where I actually was crying and I couldn't really hide it. And I remember the the head of school, the, the head of year at the time walking past and they were like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? And then they were like, go to my office. I'll take over. Don't worry, just go to the office. And I just remember being like, that can never happen again. Like that can never <laughs> happen again. I have to get ownership of these classes. Like I have to develop some strategies because I think it's like you said, when you've got maybe a middle set or even a bottom set like group, or it doesn't matter what set it is, to be honest with you. But, mm. um, you know, there are going to be students that are finishing at different times and you might have a stretch activity, but do they move to it? And then you've got students that don't know how to get started. You've got to really know your classes and really be aware of your students um, and there's definitely strategies that you can put in place to to support them, but you've got to own it. You've got to own the room. You can't let them own it. And I just remember thinking that can never, it just can't happen again. It was, it was so painful. Yeah. I mean, I read, I read a quote the other day. It was in one of the training sessions that I was mm-hmm. in and it said like, I can't remember it word for word, but it basically said that teachers set the climate, not the students, you know, so, you know, you have complete control over what you will tolerate and accept. And um, I mean, I went, did my training year in Manchester and I went to two. So normally on that course, I suppose you're supposed to do like one kind of challenging environment um, school in a challenging setting and another school that's kind of. Um, you know, maybe might be a private school, a grammar school or something in a more kind of affluent area. So you get a bit of both. But I knew that I would never teach in yeah. like an affluent area. It's not really why I came in to do yeah. it. So I asked to do both um, both placements in, you know, areas that are a bit more challenging. And um, it prepared me for work afterwards basically and then also i had like a great nqt mentor who's now a great friend and you know she was very much like uh, behavior management has to be on point you know you have to be able to because the the thing is kids will not learn if the if the climate is atrocious doesn't matter how well the lesson is planned but if the lesson's planned poorly but the kids are super well behaved they'll still learn something 
you know um i remember someone else saying to that to me and i kind of all it always stuck with me as like you know you've got to get the climate right yeah. first and i know there's you know if you teach an engaging lesson it's that kind of cliche thing to say isn't yeah. it no how do you manage behavior well i just have such engaging lessons <laughs> that the kids never shut up <laughs> yeah okay fine fine but you know your engaging lesson doesn't start yeah. until they're in the room yeah. and you've got to get them in the room first of yeah. all you know like that's a thing yeah. that's a thing and like i don't know like how every school is different yeah the school um, that I'm at now, we have to meet the kids outside. Yeah. Then we have to walk them to the door of the classroom. So you've got two transitions in mm. one and that can create problems. Yeah. There's other things going on in that corridor. Um, you know, some classes, some teachers have to move from one classroom to mm. another. So they get to the room and the kids are there before they yeah. are. There's all these challenges that you need to deal with before you can get your to your amazing lesson. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that I was... Um, going through with someone today was like scripting like what they're going to say mm. at each point being really detailed and then what happens if yeah. so what happens if you've, you've you've planned like this is how you're going to do that entrance what happens yeah. if what happens when so good you know because and it's not even if it's yeah. when <laughs> what happens when this happens it's true what are you going to do it's, it's so important I think um, I think that part of coaching especially if you're coaching like an NQT or a trainee is so important to to almost like um, model that like so okay when this yeah, happens practice let's it. practice it let's actually walk through mm, what are you going to do in this situation and um, I think we sometimes understand underestimate the power of modeling and and, and role play but actually yeah. it's really really important because the getting the climate right in your classroom before and this is often before you've built a relationship because I think there'll be some teachers listening to this going yeah but just build relationships and everything else will follow and yeah it's true relationships are a big they're the biggest currency that we have um but when mm -hmm. you're a new teacher and you're meeting a new class and you don't have that opportunity to build that relationship we don't have that history with them yet that's not a currency you can use and so yeah setting that climate is so key and to be able to role play through with other teachers or if you have a coach a coach like that will make such a difference to you for sure um to do that but what are some of your other strategies when you're dealing with behavior like what have they been like over the years i know you've got a mean stare because i've experienced it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think there's a lot of non-verbals mm. you know and like it is kind of the least intrusive um step possible yeah. like try and use the least intrusive and like remind as many times as you can without like it being too many, like knowing where that cutoff point yeah. is. But we're, like, we're all guilty of escalating things too quick. Yeah. You know, like I definitely am, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and I can be all guilt of it very frequently, in fact. So I think it's like um, being aware of that and mm -hmm. trying to intervene without making a big deal of it. That's like a big one. Yeah. So stand, standing next to the student, yeah. just tapping them on the shoulder as you walk past, yeah. you know, reminding them to do things rather than, you haven't got your book out. Just yeah. like, get your book out, you know, like positive reinforcement as well. Ask, ask, telling them what you want mm. and not saying what they're doing wrong. You know, all these little things. Yeah. Like someone said it to me the other day, like uh, I was asking for a hundred percent and they said, um, you said to them, you're still waiting for one person. Yeah. So don't say that you're waiting. Say I need one person. Yeah. Because like these, you know, so these all these small little strategies, yeah. they kind of add up. But there's not like one thing, apart from maybe actually, I do one thing at a time now. Okay. That's something I've noticed 
more and more. I do one thing at a time. Mm. We come in, we line up and we just, you know, we just yeah. line up. We go into the classroom, we go into the classroom and there's like a, an activity for them to do on the board. So that becomes like one mm. thing. Then I do the register. Yeah. When I'm happy at that stage, then I'll move on to the next part. But I'm, I'm only doing one thing and I take my time yeah. because time spent like making sure everything's done correctly is time saved yeah. because you're you're not correcting mistakes yeah, completely so i think that's a big one and also preparation like if i can help it no class comes into my classroom without their book being on the table mm. without the slide being on the on the on the board you know like i'm i'm very well prepared yeah. and if i'm not well prepared then i i, I have a backup plan right. this is what we do when i'm not prepared yeah. Because, you know, some things happen like, um, but the, I had to deal with that a lot when I was doing lunch and break duties. Yeah. Yes. So I do a lunch and break duty. Yeah. Other side of the school. I can see through the window that my class has already <laughs> arrived because they blew the whistle early. Yeah. So then my class are already there and I can see them like just messing around. Yeah. So I'm stressed because I'm like late. I can't let go from my area until I've let all these other students go. Yeah. And then I'm walking to that class with like this energy of like, oh, you know, and then I escalate things too quickly because I, so I suppose there's an element of like being aware as well of yeah. the situation yourself and your feelings and your energies and just taking that breath and then going back to the process, do one thing at a time, one thing at a time. Don't move that line till it's perfect. Yeah. You know, so. Totally. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, uh, do you know what? It's funny because I was reflecting on some of the behaviour management strategies I had when I was younger and a like new teacher mm. and comparing them to like what I would do now. And oh gosh, I used to run my classroom like it was a youth club, honestly. So I used to have this strategy, right? And I, I'm not saying this is a strategy anyone should use now, right? But this one called pop or swap, <laughs> right? <laughs> and what would happen is I would divide the class into two groups. And each group, A and B, would have three balloons each, right? <laughs> that I would <laughs> stick up with blue tech. sounds tech. crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was fun, though. I would stick up with blue tech at the front of the class. So that's your three balloons, that's your three balloons. And then my thing would be, right, if I give an instruction and someone doesn't follow it, the group on the other side, so, and it's someone from group A, group B get to choose to either pop group A's balloon or swap it onto their side, right? And so it was like, a, it was playing the kids off each other. And um, so like, mm. if I did a countdown for silence, three, two, one, and one, the like side B was um, still talking and side A was like perfectly silent, I'd be like, cool, right? We're going to pop or swap. Are we going to pop or swap? We're going to pop or swap. And so the idea was the group at the end of the lesson that had no balloons, they would all get C points <laughs> or detention. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and the group like demerit, that had balloons, basically. they all got a G point or a merit, right? Um, and that was, <laughs> that was my behavior. That was my behavior management strategy at the very beginning. But I have to say, when I first started teaching, it was a different time like we didn't actually really have mm. a proper sanction system back then in the school that I was part of back then um we didn't have like something that was like centralized and focused and and kind of maintained so I guess every teacher had to find what worked for them and so I used this I yeah. used this idea of competition and making it fun for the students and um just yeah bringing a bit of bit of um 
excitement to the listen, especially when we had to pop the balloon. Um, I wouldn't say that that was a great idea, though. Um, <laughs> I've, seen, I've never seen that in a CPD. Yeah, you won't, you won't ever. Um, but similar to you, like I think now it's become about those nonverbal cues, um, how we stand, where we are in the room, circulating, mm, not being at the front, yeah. you know, break the plane, like break that kind of first row, go to the back, talking from different areas in the classroom. Um, don't sit at your desk. Yeah, don't do that. You know, have a clicker so you can literally stand anywhere in the room and be moving the PowerPoint yeah. on. And so then the students, there's nowhere safe in the classroom. Things like cold calling obviously really help because students don't know if you're going to come to them. And so they got to really pay attention. Whereas if you always take hands up, then they can kind of mm. get away with it. They know that they don't have to respond in the lesson. Um, those things obviously really help. And, and you know, the, the teacher stare is a big one. And I think had a really defining yeah. moment um, about, I don't know, six, seven years ago where I had that moment when I went into a trainee's room and the kids, you know, the kids were being a bit crazy and I just walked in and it went silent and I was like, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got Love the power. Love a bit of that. <laughs> like it was just, yeah, it feels good. <laughs> it felt great. Greedy on that and power, I remember you know? it being like the first time it happened, I can fully remember it and just being like, fabulous like the teacher's stare is enough and I was I was thinking as well actually when you asked that question about um other teachers who I've seen do this really well and I used to I used to um do teaching assistants in the school that I was part of as well before I became a teacher and I used to um assist this teacher who was so softly spoken like I've she got would, a similar she story to this yeah talk like this to the students and she was just so calm, right? And I remember being like, wow, she's not raised her voice once. Like she has remained mm -hmm. so calm and she's so when she speaks, she's so quiet that the kids have to almost lean in to the lesson to hear her. And I remember thinking, wow, that is such a good strategy. And then other teachers I know will play like classical music very faintly. So then again, the kids have to almost strain to hear it. And that in itself leads them to, to kind of being very, very quiet at the beginning of the lessons and things like that. Mm. Um, so those are just some things. And I, and I know you mentioned before about where you can be and prepared having books out and all the rest of it. That, you know, the last couple of years of teaching, I haven't been able to do that because I haven't had my own classroom. But just printing out my do now and handing it to the students yeah. as they walk in, that makes a difference because then as soon as they walk in, they've got an activity to get on. They'd have to wait for me to load up my computer and in that time have space to mess about they had something to get on with. The expectation is in silence. And it's just making your expectations mm. super clear, but in a super calm, non-obtrusive way and in a fun and friendly way as well. And I think letting kids know that you're going to phone home for the positive is really important. It builds that yeah. relationship, doesn't it? We do phone call Fridays where we call home three students for a good reason. Nice. You know, nice, just a lovely way to end. Like, yeah. it's good for you. You you enjoy it yeah. as well. Like, you'll... um you benefit from it just as much as they totally. do um but yeah there's a couple of things you said there like i've, I've, I've definitely used tone yeah. more now because music can be so loud yeah. and there's a time for yeah. that there's a time for excitement and loudness and when i speak i used to keep my voice elevated mm. so the the class would be up yeah. here and then i get them to stop but i'd stay up here <laughs> yeah. and then you know they're like they're still wanting to be there mm. as well so having to just drop and go slow 
and quiet and if I slow down I'll be quiet if I quiet I'll slow down yeah. and it's more clear you know so but I, when I do that I find that I can't speak for too long mm. otherwise they're just it's like too passive yeah it's too passive so I have to break it up just small and calm whilst I'm doing these particular things I need to mm. do like an, an an explanation or I'm like a a transition but then when we're back to where we need to be engaging and like mm. getting a good energy for a performance, you know, get kids to sing, mm. then I have to kind of like bring it back up again. So yeah. again, that's something I've like for years, like still something I'm working on now. It's yeah. not perfect. It's just crafting it and, and getting Completely. better. But is it, uh, you're talking about relationships yeah. before and I think it can be like a bit of a, it can be like it's so subjective mm. so for me like having a great relationship with a student might mean something completely different to mm. others and like i think some teachers you know and I, maybe i've been guilty of this at the time it's like you it's not a friendship that you no. want with a student obviously but it's like that kind of they want i want them to think i want them to like me mm. you know i want them to like think i'm not cool is the wrong word but you know like that they can they can speak to me mm. and like be themselves or I'm the one that they're going to come to when they've got mm. an issue. And that can sometimes be detrimental to your behavior yeah. management, yeah. you know, True. because they don't view you in the way that, um, you know, that they need to, which is essentially you're the adult, yeah. you yeah. know? Um, I think when I, and I've, I've seen that a few I'm times. When I'm talking about like building relationship though, I think it's, it's trying to build a rapport with the student that goes beyond just the mm. transactional I'm going to teach, you're mm -hmm. going to learn and that's what we're going to do. And mm. I think it, it's things like when there's a school event and you see that there's a student in your class that's performed, it's it's saying to them, wow, you did amazingly when I saw you yeah. in that school production. Or it's a um, student looks really smart and professional and tidy and you tell them, wow, you look really smart and professional today. Or, um, mm. you know, a student's got, you know, really made an effort with their presentation in their book wow, your handwriting looks amazing. You know, it's things like that. It's just about, it's not about just kind of um, praising just the work. It's about noticing mm. things about them or even just, you don't look yourself today, are you okay? You know, or what are you smiling about? You seem happy to be in school. It's just those little moments that kind of you've got to grab with the students that start to build that rapport. And they're like, oh, and there's something else that I used to do. And I, again, I, I'd nick this one off the, the, the teacher that taught very quietly. Uh, Tracy Marquis, she's amazing. Um, but is when kids are on report, I don't know if you do this, but and I've, and I've only done this since being a more experienced leader but when students are on report for whatever reason I would basically give give them all a green <laughs> at the beginning of the mm. lesson and then I'd give yeah, them back I've their report and I'd say I know you're going to be a green this lesson so I've done it already and then they like do <laughs> do what I expect them to do and they're all green oh miss thank you so much and um that was something I used to do quite a bit as well was I just kind of preempt them and say I believe in you I've, I've done that before but I've said more like I've given you fives already the only person that can change that is you yeah you know yeah. like so I, I've, I've done something similar, but I don't do it every no, time fair. um but what I what I do 
is when a student has a report, um, I will ask them to see it. You know, ask them, ask them to have a look, mm. even if I don't teach them, yeah. and just see how they get yeah. on, and like praise like their mornings. You know, inquire about what 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 went wrong here. Yeah. You know, um, but it's I think it's like you you're showing that you yeah. care. Most teachers care, like of they course. do. Um, and it's just you've got to like show a way, like show some way of of letting them know Absolutely. that I do care. And it, there's so many different ways you can yeah. do it. You know, you said like going to the events, yeah. watching the school production, yeah. um, school trips. Yeah, popping mm. into a lesson that you you that's don't it. teach them and just having a little look around. There's, there's so many ways, mm. and that's what relationship come from. And then and then being consistent, so they can rely on yeah. you. You know, I think that's a big one, really. Like, and that's what I was saying about coming to that classroom and having to check myself before I deal with that mm. class that are waiting there because I was inconsistent. Yeah. So they don't know, like, they're, they're going to get the stressed yeah. <laughs> Mr. Whitehead or they're going to get the calm Mr. Whitehead yeah. and that's not fair on them. And, you know, that's it does strain your relationship. Yeah, I think that's a really good point as well. Um, especially now, like, you know, honeymoon period is, is over is check yourself. Mm. Are you hungry? Are you tired? Are you a bit stressed? Are you feeling the pressure of, you know, deadlines and parents' evenings and all the things that are coming up? And then think, how much of that am I actually just transferring to the students? Because I think students do respond to us a lot, don't they? They respond to our behaviours. And so sometimes it's not them, it's us. No. (laughs) I had it it yesterday, actually. I had a form session Mm -hmm. and i misread an email about where a resource was that i needed and i thought it was a link but it was actually i needed to collect it so i'd misread it misinterpret it you know just not taking it in (laughs) as i needed to so i got to the room and didn't have the resource Mm -hmm. and the space was now there for the students to like just not like just space for them to do whatever because I'm thinking what am I doing and I had to kind of make something up mm, for them to do and I you know I did and the then the best like regulated kids could just do it straight away but the kids that could sense that like there's <laughs> silence for some reason so it's not asked us to do anything you know I'm noticing that this student like it, it starts to creep in yeah. and then I reacted to that in a way that was like no we don't we don't misbehave in this you know kind of class classroom and i you know started to come away from the things that kind of you know i i know i should do and in the end i had to speak to students after school but really it was my fault you know if i'd have done all the things i needed to do i wouldn't have had to speak to them they wouldn't be there after school and it's completely my fault you know and like the thing is i know that that's the reason I can't let them get away no. with it. I can't let them get to the fact because I've asked for silence and they mm-hmm. didn't. So I have to follow that up. But I know I need to be on my game the next day. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I think that's the difference. Like uh, when you get more experienced, you're not going to have perfect days every day, but you're able to stop at the end of the lesson and go, this is why that happened. Yeah. And it is on me. It is on yeah. me. Like this is the reason that happened and I, and I can do something about yeah. it. Um, because I think when you're starting out in your career, there's loads of things you just don't even know why it went yeah. wrong. You might think you did, but you don't know why it went wrong. You're just mm-hmm. like, so you, you are like overstimulated, overwhelmed. Just like, was it this? Was mm-hmm. it that? I, I did all my lesson plans. I walked them in the way that I, <laughs> I said I was going to. And you, you're, you're unable to fix the problem straight away. You need other people. You need loads of support. Yeah. You need to watch other people doing the same thing. Yeah. You need people to watch you. You need sometimes people to video you yeah. and show you this is what you yeah. were doing. 
So now that the honeymoon period is over, what are your top tips for teachers going into the classroom tomorrow? Yeah, so I guess my top tips for teachers, again, it goes back to that whole thing of rapport, like build rapport with your students in the smallest of ways. You see them in the corridor and you've got a lesson with them later in the day. Just, oh, I've got a lesson with you later. Looking forward to seeing you. Or you're walking around the classroom, you see great handwriting or something small that's not necessarily relevant to the actual learning, but you comment and you praise. Um, Just really find the small things to praise and build rapport with students because really Relationships ultimately do make the difference within the classroom. And then I guess experiment with things like tone of voice, being a bit quieter, not raising your voice, talking slowly, um, being aware of where you're standing in the room, circulating, break the plane, go around the room so so students know that they can't hide in your classroom. I think those would be my top tips um, with behaviour management and, and just talk to other teachers find out what works for them Mm. because ultimately you know there's we all have off days teachers and students and there's going to be different strategies for how we deal with behaviors that come up it's going to come up it's inevitably going to come up so have have a conversation in the staff room this week about people's different strategies because there are so many out there Um, don't do pop or swap not a good idea (laughs) but try some of those other things we mentioned what would your top tips be Sean yeah mine's more it's all systemsy you know (laughs) I'll have like prepare like Mm. prepare for the lesson in terms of looking through your lesson powerpoint or or slides or whatever and just noting the points in the lesson where this could go wrong you know especially if you're like teaching a lesson that's that you've already taught and it didn't go well where's it what what's the issue here or like scripting how you're going to do the transition if the transition a problem and like as i said before script what you would do when it's going well swap script what you do when it's going wrong and then just be so consistent with it that's Mm. the thing if a student's getting told off one week for something and then the next week they're getting away with it or if you allow one student to do it but then not another you know this is that's what damages relationships that's when you've got kids coming up to teachers saying they're picking on me and you know to them that's what it feels like that's a genuine feeling so you know consistency is the big one for me like when you've decided how you're going to deal with it deal with it like that all the time um and whatever your school behavior policy is follow it work with it (laughs) work with it because again, that you know, if one classroom they're getting one treatment, and then another they get something completely different and a different set of expectations, mm-hmm. kids will find that and they'll either think that it's unfair, yeah. or they'll abuse the fact that you're way more lenient than everybody yeah. else. Totally, you know, it's like a cat with nine lives. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like <laughs> it's true. Consistency is so key, and actually. One thing we didn't mention, actually, is probably one of the most fundamental things is where students present with poor behavior. There's always a reason. It might be that they just didn't understand the work, but they're too embarrassed to say. It might be they've had a Mm -hmm. really tough morning. They haven't had breakfast. Mm -hmm. They haven't um, had a, a good relationship with another teacher just before your lesson. And so if there are students that are kind of showing behaviors that you don't want to see in your classroom take the time to talk with them about 
why after the lesson not in the lesson (laughs) but after the lesson take the time to really build that relationship and mend it with them to find out why is it that you are behaving in that way is it you don't understand something or or whatever i think that's that's really important is actually to to really have that restorative relationship with the student when they've Mm -hmm. shown those behaviors definitely like don't don't just have a student at the end of the day and just keep them in silence and then let them go like don't do that and don't or don't palm off your detention to somebody else you've got to invest Mm. otherwise it's going to happen again you know i know schools have different systems and i know there are systems where students get picked up and just put placed in a room with somebody Mm -hmm. else for a detention which is a good system but you need to also go to that student because the detention is not going to stop a student from doing it again not at all Really, all it is, is is it's like a punitive sanction and it's a log that they did something yeah. wrong, you know, or they didn't meet a standard or an expectation. But the thing that stops them from doing it again is all about what you yeah. do next. Completely. You know, whether, whether you change something in the lesson, which you might have to, or you change your approach or, or you go and speak to that student, speak to their mm. parents, find out, you know, one of the most powerful calls I made last year was to a parent of a student that I was teaching and I realized like they they kind of like were fed up because I was the fifth par- teacher that I called that week and then I'm like wow so it's not just happening with me this is everywhere yeah. these phone call homes aren't working I need to do something different with the yeah. student you know and um you know you start to li- liaise with other people get more support and that- mention it to their heads mm. of year that that's what the parent said and you know like you need to go beyond your classroom to 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 work with students when their behavior is challenging because challenge doesn't come without reason so we're at that point in our podcast where we like to either talk about a highlight a low light or a spotlight and today we're going to shine a spotlight on something that is very current in both the news and very much on linkedin at the moment and that is this whole concept of flexible working so if like me (laughs) imagine (laughs) you're on linkedin every 10 minutes around about that i would say that's a scientific guess there is a survey about whether or not you would rather be working from home doing a hybrid thing of working from home and working in the office or if you want to be returning fully back into the office and it's really interesting sean i don't know if you've seen in the news but there's a lot about Um, how the job market now is more employee-led, right? Where employees are going to their workplaces saying, actually, we don't want to work here anymore unless you're going to offer working from home. Have you seen those stories that are out? I have. And I suppose I just... I blank it out a little bit yeah. because I kind, I kind of like, oh, it's not for me, <laughs> is it? doesn't apply. Know? It does not yeah. apply to the world of a teacher. I think I've been the same. But then I was reading in Schools Week. So if you don't currently um, subscribe or um, check out Schools Week, check it out, schoolsweek.co.uk. Um, it's a website that has loads of stuff on education news. But there was an article written there um, titled Why Leave Teachers Out of the Flexible Working Revolution. And I thought this was a really interesting to spotlight and I'd love to know what people think about this because obviously as teachers we think when we hear about all these working from home people you know I live with people who work from home and it is a little bit frustrating um but they you know 
when you're working with those people and seeing the quality of life perhaps that they have, you kind of do get a little bit frustrated because in the teaching profession, we don't have that same flexibility. However, during the pandemic, we did demonstrate that we can do marking, moderation, we can do online meetings, we can do CPD, we can even do parents evening all online. So the article in Schools Week written by Emma Shing- Shingleton, Shingleton, um, basically is highlighting that issue of actually why why can't we continue some of those practices and make flexible working possible for teachers especially in light of the fact that by 2026 a third of teachers are saying they will leave the profession so it'd be really interesting to know what you think is it possible for teachers to have flexible working hours is that something that we can offer people or is it just something that is not available for us so let us know what you think it'd be really interesting to hear your ideas yeah and i think when i've heard of educational systems in other countries you know and some of Mm. like the world's leading ones i know there's scandinavian countries that have very good education and the way that they do things is very different it's not so much like a you know, clock in at eight o'clock, clock out at five. Mm-hmm. You must be there for these hours. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more flexible, less time spent, you know, face to face, I guess. And they have great outcomes. Now, there's obviously massive cultural differences mm. um, from different countries, but it'd be interesting to see, like, what could we actually gain from, you know, more time spent away from the building? You know, is it going to give people more space, more energy mm. that you are able to utilize the time? in the school a bit more yeah or is it what i guess some people fear which is you know you're not there you're not doing right but i think as well it's a great thing for parents so if we are able to have that flexible working where you could tend mm-hmm. attend an online meeting or something of that sort and in the process be able to go and pick up your own children from school or um you know wherever or go home earlier so you can cook or whatever you need to do, whatever it is. Yeah, I think it's just allowing people that opportunity to kind of have a bit more of a balance in life. So yeah, it's an interesting thing to spotlight. So read the article guys, schoolsweek.co.uk um, and let us know what you think as well. So we come to that part in our podcast called Show and Tell where we want to spotlight something for you guys to take away and look at and get involved with. So I want to give you guys a website, flexibleteachertalent.co.uk for you to check out. And just continuing that theme of flexible working, this is a service particularly for mothers who are maybe on maternity leave. There's courses and CPD for you to get involved in and ease your way back into education. And also, if you're a head teacher or a leader in a school and you're considering what does flexible working look like for teachers and for my staff, then this website is for you. Essentially, they provide a service helping you understand how this can work in your school. And they help you with all of the HR policies and all the different things that are required to really do flexible working well they offer that service so check it out flexibleteachertalent.co.uk that's all for this week folks thanks everyone for listening don't forget to connect with us on social media just search that staff room podcast links are in the show notes get involved in the conversation by leaving comments and messages 
This podcast is all about sharing ideas and building connections. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're feeling kind, then leave us a review. Five stars are most welcome. Until next time, top up your coffee, sharpen your pencils, class dismissed.